Welcome to HR Trends. I'm your host, Claire Morin, and today we're discussing virtual enrollment in a COVID-19 environment. We have Richard Schaefer, Senior Vice President, Field and Market Development for Colonial Life. So welcome, Richard. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And we also have Sean Ferguson. Sean is the Senior Vice President of Voluntary Benefits at Acrisure, one of the fastest growing insurance brokerages in the country. Welcome, Sean. Good morning, Claire. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. And it should be noted, I, I love your, a couple of things about the two of you. Uh, I, Sean, I love your LinkedIn profile and how you, you are self-professed voluntary benefits geek. You say, I am that guy that will enjoy engaging in benefits talk at the bar, on a plane, at the beach, or around a campfire. So we're so glad you're in a podcast studio right now. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I do enjoy all things VB, so it's a <laughs> pleasure to be here. Yeah, and Richard, one interesting thing about your bio, actually, before your many years with Colonial Life and Unum US, before that, you actually trained. You have a master's degree in marriage and family therapy, which I love because benefits planning and some knowledge about family dynamics. <laughs> it's a good combination. Absolutely. Yeah. Good, good, good background for sure. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start talking then virtual enrollment in a COVID-19 environment. We wanted to really do a separate episode around this last week. Well, last episode, if you were listening, we talked about um, this recent survey that was conducted. We saw this interesting data point um, of virtual video conference or co-browsing with a benefits counselor as a strategy for enrollment in the coming year, amid this pandemic environment, it's nearly doubling. So we surveyed 400 plus employers across the country. They said that in 2019, around 23% were using this virtual enrollment capacity uh, or method. Uh, in 2020, 42% are planning for it. So it was the biggest jump. And, and of course, obviously, right, we're, we're not, we're socially distancing. Um, and so we wanted to bring a couple of experts in just to say, right, if there's a few best practices you need to know as you're either improving or expanding your virtual enrollment capabilities this year, or if you're starting from scratch, <laughs> if you've traditionally been more on site or what are some best practices you would share? So, Sean, maybe we could begin with you. And what are you hearing from employers across the country right now? Yeah. So, you know, with both employers as well as brokers, uh, one of the constant themes that I hear time and time again is, Sean, it's it's hard enough to engage our employee base uh, pre-COVID, when we could bring everybody into a cafeteria or a conference room, have a group meeting, answer questions. But in this kind of post-COVID or, or COVID environment that we're operating in today, first of all, we don't want to bring all of our employees together. Secondly, we don't want outsiders coming in. So how do we engage them? And there's really three key metrics or, or three key steps that I think everybody needs to be taking. First and foremost is, uh, you know, with virtual enrollments, we, we kind of, um, it kind of runs side by side with uh, digitization, you know, making sure that you have the capabilities of an online platform. You can lean into carriers for that. You can lean into brokers to provide that in, in many cases. 
but alongside with that, it's, it's how do we engage our employees and make sure that they're going to the platform to at least learn about these benefits. So three best practices that I see is first and foremost, we need a mandatory group meeting. Uh, that group meeting can be virtual, a WebEx or even a conference call to where we bring our folks to the table so that we can educate them on the benefits being offered. Uh, any benefit changes, any new benefits being offered, maybe there's even just something company-wide uh, to do with our company culture or, or just our specific place of employment, an announcement that we wanna make during that time, but we need to educate the employees. Secondly, we need an active decision-making process. That means we need all employees to either A, engage someone in that virtual, uh, that virtual uh, capacity or ecosystem, whether that's a phone call, a screen share, something of that nature, or B, simply having folks go to the online platform to make a decision, an active decision on every one of the benefits that are being offered. When folks are making that active decision, meaning they either have to accept or decline coverage, they're more, they have a higher propensity to actually do their homework because if they have to hit, hey, I'm waiving this benefit, they're going to want to know and learn more about what they're waiving or what they're purchasing so they don't have the uh, waiver or buyer's remorse at that point. And then lastly, the flow of the offering needs to make sense. So many times uh, we're segregating benefits. Uh, we're putting the major medical first and then dental vision, uh, short-term disability, and, and some of the uh, voluntary benefits or worksite products like accident, critical illness, and hospital. We need to make the flow make sense. So product placement is important on the platform and in the benefit guide. Those two need to match. So the flow of the benefit guide should match the flow of the online platform or the enrollment experience when others are involved, such as benefit counselors. And to me, that means major medical first with your FSA, HSA, HRA to follow, and then the benefits that are tying back into the medical. What's helping those employees with that first dollar exposure? What's coming out of their pocket before the major medical kicks in? So the next uh, the next benefits to place in order should be the accident, hospitalization, critical illness, because again, those are tying back in to the exposure or the voids left by the major medical. I love that idea of that curation because, uh, and again, coming from a British person who's only been in the U.S. for 10 years uh, and uh, coming from more of the employee experience, it's a bewildering experience often. And then you have this layer of complexity of being in this post, well, in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, the and the, just the sheer decision-making burden currently on everybody. So that's a wonderful, some best practices. Richard, I'd love to hear what your thoughts on that. Um, and, and, and I know Colonial Life is a real leader in its virtual enrollment, in its what you sometimes call live assistance at scale. And yeah. I wonder if you could speak to that. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. You know, just I'd be remiss if I didn't say that the the pileup of hard things in 2020. Good gosh, what what a year! And it's really changed the way the worries that all of us have. It's changed the way businesses engage with their customers, and it's been a lot of changes for our industry and and almost every other industry. Um, there are a couple things we know that'll be true on the other side of this really really tough time. Uh, one, 
and Sean will speak into this, our uh, workers are going to be, uh, all of us are going to be more worried maybe than we've ever been before around how uh, financially fragile we might be. Um, and, and, and workers have very specific questions that we'll need to help answer. You know, not to be morbid clear, but really specific questions around what happens with my family if, if God forbid I die? What will it be like if I have to be hospitalized? What happens if my income goes to zero? And insurance advisors and, and carriers like Colonial Life will need to be prepared to engage with workers and answer their questions, help them understand, you know, how informed and protected am I really? And then be able to act on those understandings. The other thing that's true, and, and it was already happening before this pandemic, is uh, more and more of America's workers are working remote. So before the before the pandemic started, one out of four, one out of five workers were working remote. Now, now most of America's workers are. And on the other side of this, it'll be a heck of a lot more than one out of four, one out of five. So you've got this sort of, you know, perfect storm of people being more worried than ever before, and they're remote. And so one of the a good news out of a really, really bad sort of tough time is that carriers like Colonial Life and insurance advisors have have rapid have have seen rapid adoption of virtual tools that are allowing us to reach people wherever they are at a time they prefer, at a location they prefer, in a way that's safe and healthy for them, and still be able to deliver what's at the core of of our promise, which is the delivery of live assistance. And so. A good byproduct of a terrible time has been that a traditionally in-person uh, uh, benefits communication company like Colonial Life has had to really retool and reinvent to still deliver that call it we call it face-to-face -face experience, still able to do it virtually over over chat and 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 um, you know platforms like Global Meet and Zoom, so that we can engage people and, and address their worries and fears. So it's it, it's a it's a real time of reinvention, but it's also a time where I think. Um, workers need our help, and I like to say that the workplace is the only place in America for most of America's workers to get education and advice and insurance protection. So, and, and employers are really a worker's last great hope to get to get access to insurance protections we know that they need. Right, and and in some ways, I mean, having it beamed into your family home, in some ways, maybe that's super helpful if you're partners nearby, right? And they have questions. Uh, that barrier between home and office. Yeah, that, that, it's really removed, you know, that barriers overcome and the barriers of distance and a person living very far away that those barriers really just don't exist anymore in a virtual world. And so uh, we're kind of excited about that. One of the things that used to happen before we were so virtual was understandably a worker would say, I can't make a decision now. I want to go home and talk to my partner or my spouse. And we're seeing a lot of couples. Uh, partners in kitchens together on living room couches um, talking virtually like we are today to get their questions answered as a family. That's so great. And Sean, I'd love to ask you, I know you talk often, and of course, this is a central um, premise here, which is that these benefits are one of the most significant investments a business is making in the year. And equally, it's one of the most important decisions employees are making, particularly amid a health crisis. So the importance then of that clear communication. I wonder if you could speak to that too. Obviously, you need the platform, you need the technology, but how do you communicate clearly? 
Yeah, you know, I appreciate that question because you're right. This is one of the most significant investments any company makes over the course of the year, probably second only to payroll or maybe raw materials if they're a manufacturing firm. But so often, you know, historically speaking, we spend all this time and money putting these benefit packages together and then we get it. The benefit administrators want to get through open enrollment, but kind of hitting that pause button and realizing that they've made such a time and financial investment into this, it's important that employees understand and appreciate that benefit package as well. Uh, So many times we meet with employees and it's always funny, you know, some of these voluntary benefits we offer, employees will get a $50 check at the end of the year and they'll go to their HR and thank that HR for having a critical illness or an accident plan in place where they're getting this $50 check right before Christmas. What they don't realize is that same employer spending $10,000 or more on their major medical and just because they didn't need the major medical, it's, it's their perspective. They don't understand what the employer is actually contributing. So going through an educational process should be at the forefront of employers' minds, making sure that their employees not only understand the various options that are being offered to them, but gain an appreciation for what's actually being invested and almost that hidden paycheck that they're receiving. Um, And for the employees, I mean, sometimes it is up to the employer to really uh, strong arm them at times, making sure that they're learning about the benefits, because for the average American, this is going to be the most important financial decision they make over the, the course of a year. Most people are not purchasing a house. They're not purchasing a car every year. But the benefit decision is a significant financial decision. So making sure the employees understand that, that's really the goal. It's not to sell them insurance. It's not to make sure they're participating in every product because with millennials now making up the largest demographic of the workforce, one thing we all know, folks do not like to be sold, but we certainly love buying stuff on demand if we see the need for it and we understand what we're purchasing. So that's really what we're trying to do is almost provide an Amazon type uh, experience. You're Mm -hmm. participating in this medical plan. Here's your gaps. Here's some additional programs that can fill those gaps. By the way, obviously, again, in this COVID environment, we're getting a lot of questions about life insurance. What happens if I'm hospitalized? How's my major medical cover that? Is, are there any other programs that can fill those voids? So it's an educational experience first and foremost. And it's us kind of taking that heavy lift off the employer's desk because we know they're strapped for capacity, but it's still important to deliver the message and the education to the employees. Wonderful. Well, such good advice from you both. Um, I wonder, Richard, if you were going to leave audiences maybe with one piece of advice from your side, uh, any thoughts you would share? I would say, um, you know, uh, this year may be more than than, than uh, earlier previous years. Uh, your workers need you to ask them to pause, as Sean said, and at least learn about the benefits that are available. You know, take a few minutes to reflect on how informed and protected really is your workforce? Ask workers to do that uh, that kind of reflection themselves and then make a decision 
on every single benefit that's available. And to Sean's point, that's the only way you know if they've really paused long enough to make the right decision for them. So like I said earlier, the workplace really is the only place for workers and their families to get access to protection like this. And this year, more than ever, we hope uh, employers will lean into this opportunity, work with, with our kinds of teams to drive engagement and understanding. Well, thank you both so much for your time. That was such good advice. Remember, if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, let's hope you've already pressed subscribe. <laughs> um, if you happen to be on a website right now, um, we, we do have a show description. We're including some links to some data. We're including some top takeaways so that you don't need to write this down. But this is wonderful advice. Thank you both so much for sharing this with us. Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Claire. Thanks, Sean. Unum is a registered trademark and marketing brand of Unum Group and its insuring subsidiaries.